Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Glad to have you with us today. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Maverick. <laughs> If you had a pair of aviators, I would I'd be dying right now, bro. Where'd you where'd you leave your plane? Yeah. Where's the where's the jet? The Stanford Airport. Okay, okay. Uh, it is to be fair, it is very cold in this studio. Freezing. So I get it. I mean you came in with rocking the turtleneck and I was like, ooh, sharp. He's gonna be a little chilly. I thought today, I'm not coming in here, leaving as an ice cube. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not the one. You're, that seat is the worst one <laughs> not at today. the desk. <laughs> not today. Not today. You look great. Thank I love you. it. I love the aviator look. Um, we missed you yesterday, and we didn't get a chance to chat with you about your Halloween because oh. I know that you are a Halloween enthusiast. Yes. And um, you and your boys dressed up as scarecrows. Did Nina get in on the scarecrow action as well? Look at this. Can we talk about this? (laughs) Whose idea was this? This is terrifying, by the way. Yeah. Uh, It was the boys both wanted to be scarecrows. Uh, Reese on the far right, he was the ringleader in this. And then they they went and got me a scarecrow costume. And once (laughs) once the the sun went down, all the kids were terrified of me. It's terrifying. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But it, it brought the Halloween spirit back. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I was loving it. You're buzzing. I, I was buzzing. Were kids running the... away from you in fear? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I would be. And then I would I would just stand next to like the mailbox. <laughs> this is so cool. And cruel. people are like, oh, look at that decoration. And I would be like. <laughs> You're awful. Oh, it was good. It was <laughs> no, good. it was good. I love it. I love it. You look great. Um, I don't know what's scarier, though. Um, Charlie Davies is a scary or Manchester United's Ideal. season. Manchester United season. Be oh me. Yeah, easily. <laughs> it's yeah. bad. They're, um, they're looking like scarecrows out there. Right? <laughs> Woo! So, Carabao Cup action yesterday. We saw a couple teams, uh, big teams, get knocked out. Uh, Arsenal, sorry, boys. 3 1 loss to West Ham, uh, but Manchester United lose 3 0 to Newcastle yeah. United. The Ten Hag out. Chants have have started. They're they're percolating in social media right now, and it's just it's gone from bad to worse for them. And we talked about this yesterday about how you know maybe perhaps this could be an opportunity for them to to kind of reset. But they they looked terrible, Nico. They looked terrible, and Newcastle were basically playing 
a bunch of young players and they still got played off the pitch. The problems are only exacerbated by such a significant wow. loss. It's the first time since 1962 that Manchester United loses back-to-back -back games by 3-0 or a larger goal margin um, at Old Trafford. Look at Miguel Amarón's goal, by the doing way. doing whatever he wants. So, and funny enough, Miguel Armidon came in on as, as a sub yeah. uh, into the game. Manchester United look lost. There's evident that there's no direction. And with what Ten Hag is doing, there's no response from the subs, from the players, from himself. Nothing is going right. And I feel like it's not fair to say, okay, the players are the problem. Ted Hogg's the problem. That's not telling the truth of the situation when you're trying to find somebody, somebody culpable for this massive crisis. I, I would call it a crisis because- Wait, so who, who are yeah, you saying? Okay, be, it, because every manager that has come through after Fergie has hit this low. Moyes hit it. I don't think Ole hit it. Ole? Ole lost 5-0 to Liverpool at Old Trafford. Of course he hit it. He didn't have this consistency of bad, of bad, of like a bad Did, run. Oh, you, you, would you say Mourinho? Because he won. Mourinho wins, he and wins. then he was so much under pressure that he has an explosive press conference where he's going, where he's going, uh, three, three Premier Leagues. I've won more than every other manager in the Premier you League. That's, better, you have a better impression. I do, but I'm not going to do it because <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I don't know why he didn't pull it yeah. out. Don't hold back. He, he, he was so tempted. <laughs> I, I was. He got <laughs> nervous because he sees a war hero sitting in front of him. So, so the fact that it keeps on happening, happening with every manager since Ferguson where they've hit this low, mm -hmm. and then seemingly the next response is, all right, sack, let's start again, is there's a greater problem here. It points to a greater problem. But then how do you fix this? Because if you look at Manchester United, the greatest manager they've ever had, you could argue Sir Alex Ferguson, right? If you go back in their history, I'm sure they had some um, other folks you want to argue. But well, let's talk about Sir Alex Ferguson. His first five years weren't great. Yeah, he got time. It's true. But at, we're a at the point in a now, different era of football. A different era, sure. But we're at a point now where no manager is going to be given that long a leash. Yeah, results are everything. Results are everything. Also, Manchester United now is, you know, like when you, they say like, oh, when you start the year in school, you already start with an A. You just have to keep it. You're like, oh, wow. But you actually, it's harder to keep it. That's sort of the standard Manchester United. Right? They're, out, they're, they're at the top. They view themselves as a, as a Champions League club. They view themselves as competing for a trophy, a title. Yeah, you don't have the time to rebuild. You don't have the time to settle in as a manager. But what do you do now? You're just going to jump to another manager, give them 18 months, to spend ungodly amounts of money in transfer windows, not be able to patch this up and fix it correctly, and then do this again in another 18 months when they're not winning, or patch yourself up by winning small small competition, small titles like a Carabao Cup or uh, maybe a Europa. Not that that's too small, you know, but you know what I'm sick of hearing as well? Hmm. Ownership. Oh, hmm. the ownership. That's the reason why this club is faltering. That's why you, you, you're losing to Newcastle 3-0 at home at Old Trafford. That's not an excuse. You know, no, sir, it's a reason, though. It's, it's an excuse. Eric Ten Hag it's an excuse to take has, blame off players and the manager. No, also. Eric, no, it's not. Eric Ten Hag is the manager of this club. He brought in Anthony. He, he brought in Onana. They have the quality. They have the players. And he added to what they already have. The, 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 the thing you look at is the manager. You're coming to a club that's already established, has a history. It's easy to recruit. You're given money to go out and purchase who you want. They You're saying it's easy to recruit because of their history? Yes. Yeah, okay. 
because you are at Manchester United, mm -hmm. like you said, you're at the top. The expectations are you're in Champions League. You're competing for the title. You're competing for, for the trophy. It's one of the few select clubs where it's an honor to play for them. Yes. So, at the end of the day, Eric Den Haag has a group. He is deciding who plays, when they play, how they play. You have to win at home. You're at Old Trafford. That's not an excuse of what my owners are doing if the club's for sale. You have to deliver. And from, from Manchester United standards, well below. And the issue here, the detail with Ratcliffe seemingly taking over, it feels like it's inevitable. If he's not in power now, he's not going to be able to hire a new manager if Ten Hag gets sacked, right? So what do you do? Do you wait it out and have Radcliffe be in power, the new owner having 25% of the club, making those sporting decisions? Do you wait it out until he's in power? Or do you try to address the problem? Does Manchester United have the funds to tell Ten Hag, all right, pack your bags, bye, we'll give you a payout, and we'll pay another manager to come in? So they're in this gray area and this limbo of... I mean, Chelsea did. Yeah, and I don't vote Chelsea. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Do have but, the funds. But, yes. Chelsea, but Chelsea, on top of that, right. finally, it was Bowley. I guess I was making the sporting decisions that made that, that, made that final decision to sack Grant Potter and eventually come for, for Pochettino. But here, you're like waiting for your sporting director. This whole, this whole idea of that Ratcliffe is going to take charge of the sporting side of things at Manchester United. All right. Sporting decisions need to be made. Do you want to fire manager? Do you want to continue with your manager? Anything that happens the next week, if this guy's not in charge, it's going to be, again, done by the same ownership group. And that's, at the end of the day, what you don't want because uh, the reason is selling 25% of the club to Radcliffe is for him to make but these decisions. But he will take over footballing decisions. That's Correct, part of his when, purchase. When? Right. But when you say footballing decisions, it's just... Who gets sacked? Who get who gets signed? But in terms of football, no, decisions everything on other the than pitch, business. Everything other than business is now going to fall to uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's control. So obviously he's going to bring somebody in. He's not going to go become the director of football. And this is as reported. I can't imagine you walk in and take the risk of putting your arm around an Eric Ten Hag, who's lost. He's lost the stand. That's okay. I don't know if he's lost I, the locker that's room. What I, think the, I wanted has. to ask Charlie that. Do you think that Eric Ten Hag still has that locker room at this point? Are those players playing for him at this point? Because no. they know they know that his he is on the hot seat right now. And a lot of times when you see that happening, that dynamic, players will play for their coach. If, mm -hmm. they, if, if they have a good relationship, if he has the locker room, they are doing everything they can to help this man keep his, his job. Yeah. I'm wondering... If the, what the dynamic is in that locker room right now. Well, you, you, this is when you need characters in the locker room, uh, uh, leadership, to say, hey, th this, this isn't on the manager. The manager's picking the right players and the right tactics. We're not delivering. I don't feel that's the situation. Okay. Who and would that be they're, on this they're team? They're not. Uh, Casemiro right now would probably yeah, be the guy that Casimiro, you, you look at I'm in the locker room. Bruno. You go, okay, what, how, how does he feel about this situation? What, what is he saying to guys? Is he going around talking to every player at the locker? Is he getting guys to buy into what the manager wants? Because those are the guys you lean on, and those are the man players that the tr manager trusts mm -hmm. because he goes, I know he's got my back, and I know he's going to help me turn this around. I look at Marcus Rashford, and this is one player who's under-delivered like no other. And yes, it, part of it is on the player. You have to score. You have to be impactful. You have to figure out ways to get going. But also you look at the manager and say, has he done everything to get the best out of his player? And, 
And he, Marcus Rashford, can, you, can you say yes? at the happened. beginning of the season, he was at the, excuse me, at the beginning of the year, he was on fire. He was unplayable. Yes. He was putting up record numbers right after the World Cup. So this well, how season, do you explain exactly? He's okay. not getting any but, service. But, but he did get the best out of him, the, the, some of the best in out the of Marcus Rashford. In the calendar year, yes, absolutely. In Jan, from he had January that goal to March. And I'm talking was about like, this season. Okay, what happened? Luke Shaw. Where, where has he played? He's playing in the middle. Did he want to play in the middle? No, but then he made he managed. Did he want to play in the middle? No, he didn't. No, he but, didn't. But and he, he was playing in the middle at the start of the season every game. And if you're a player like Marcus Rashford, and you probably had a conversation, if I'm Marcus Rashford, after how hard I was last year, I'd say, this is where I want to play. I don't want to play the nine. I do not want to play the nine for United. So bring in a nine so I don't have to play that position. They brought Hoyland, and it was late. And he had to play the nine because Hoyland was injured. Mm. So there you're sitting there yeah. already in a bad mood, and that reflects on the way you've played. And now he has no confidence and no form. But also Luke Shaw goes down, and I'm sorry, you signed a guy like Johnny Evans. That guy was, was on Manchester United when Sir Alex Ferguson was there. Bro, what are you still doing on this team? Why is this guy starting? Mm. Find a replacement for Luke Shaw, even if it's a stopgap, so you could free up that left side. It's been anemic yeah. in attack. But, but they've had a lot of – the crazy thing about the injuries is that – they, all their left backs were injured, mm-hmm. and then you're really going to Johnny Evans Johnny Evans as your as to be in your that back. guy and should be nobody, fishing. There's nobody in no disrespect. There's nobody in the academy. <laughs> no disrespect. You should be, you should be fighting some <laughs> largemouth bats. Bro, I need to see that guy at a Dick Sporting Goods, not at Old Trafford. But there's nobody in the academy that can come through. There's just so many problems. Mm. So many. It's it's a greater illness that we're seeing symptoms now. And that's why I don't think it's fair to just say Ten Hag is the problem. But he's got to go. It's been he's a long go. line. There was no, like, contingency plan post-Alex Ferguson. No, there was. It was and Moyes, and it didn't work out. And then they've been scattered. And, and it's just a cycle. Manager tra- after manager. It's just – and, and right. similar things keep on happening every time. You hire a new manager. You get your hopes up. He makes his signings. Yeah. And, and then it's he fails. Or he wins a, a little cycle. bit, and then he fails. But if you're going to blame the owners for one thing, it's to bring in a guy like Woodward to do your footballing decisions when he's a banker. The business side, incredible. And look at all the terrible decisions he's made. I, if you're going to blame the, the ownership I, and you're going to say it's because of the decisions they made for hiring on the footballing side, you're 100% right. 100% right. They so you, completely failed there. So, so you think Ten Hag should go? That's your, he has to at this you point. You think he has to? There's just no because other I have, remedy. I've spoken to a few Manchester United fans who are willing to give him a little bit more time. And to Nico's point, like, I, I mean, like, do you have to? Him, yeah. It better be Radcliffe. It has to be. He because then who's going to get hired? Not the guy that Radcliffe hires. Also, you want your first decision who, as a Manchester also, United who's available? owner be? Who, who can come in? Who can exactly. Come, who, <laughs> for, for Manchester United? Level? Right. Exactly. This is a, one of the highest profile clubs in the world. They who's, can't pry who? someone away? Who, who would you pry away? Someone, someone said Deserby. But I, I, I don't think he's proven. I think, he, I think this... The expectations are a little too yeah. high right now. I think you've got to... For Deserby, he'd have to have another strong season. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. But you just put me on the spot to pick a name. I'm thinking but someone who's shown that they Potter. can win within uh, the Premier League. Deserby. That's what happened with Potter, though. Also, you'd steal him At away Chelsea. from Manchester City. I don't know. But I also feel like I'd Manchester United want an English or a manager from the U.K. Plus, there's no structure. You, if you, if you imagine, you, whoever you bring is going to come in to this hot mess to resolve all of this. The Zerbi went into somewhere with structure, with a system, yep. w- with pillars in place. 
Here at Manchester United, the he house is being held role. by, you know by I, one pillar. You know who I think would be a yeah, good manager? It was Eddie Howe. Really, who? Eddie Howe. Oh, God. Newcastle fans are... I know, but I'm saying, if, right if I'm Manchester United, and I'm looking for an English manager who could come in... He has the demeanor for a Manchester United. Hmm. I feel like Eddie that? Howe would be a It's a, a shame great there's choice. nothing to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked about... One team so far. <laughs> and there were so many wild games Dude, yesterday. Because, I, mean, the house I promise is on fire. we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. So um, Theater of Dreams is on fire. We got no, two you can't hours, even fly people. Over it. Buckle up. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. Ali Trost Martin's going to be back with some more headlines when we come back, guys. Don't go anywhere. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Morning Footy. This is why we love domestic cup oh action. This is wild. FC Saarbrücken, third division in Germany, took down Bundesliga giants Bayern Munich 2-1 thanks to that stoppage time goal from Marcel Gauss. They win 2-1. Bayern Munich knocked out of DFB Pokal. This is wild. And they, did you see the lineup that Bayern put out? Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like they were playing a bunch of scrubs. That's this all is, I'm saying. No. I mean, uh, we got Manuel Neuer, who's back, who, who played in the last Bundesliga uh, match. So he's back healthy, which is great for Bayern. But it, this was – this is one of those things where you're playing against a smaller club, a third division team. This is their World Cup. This is their, their everything. And for Bayern, it's we have quality. We kind of kind of could go through the motions, and we'll get that game winner. If we have to win one zero two one, we'll do it. But when you when you when you give a team hope like this, you just feel like everything goes against you, and it's just one of those things where I think they're all kind of like whatever. <laughs> you just move on. Sure. But it's on it's not side, like Manchester United, the other side of it, where you need you needed that to get just. Stay in a competition mm-hmm. that you felt like maybe you could win, given that teams are playing weak insides. For Bayern, yeah, you should, shouldn't lose to a Saarbrücken, but it, it's not the it's end of the world. two totally different contexts. For sure, it's not the end of the world. It was bad. Bayern Munich, a stinker. But the reality of the situation, the big headline, is this is one of the most memorable upsets in German football history. Done. Yeah. This is a Dreiliga team against a Bundesliga team. This is epic. This is what we live for. Uh-huh. These moments, look these concerts. So look at this. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Apparently, Ivis, our producer, just told us um, Eric Winalda used to play for Saarbrücken. Really? Wow. Yes. Interesting. Wow, it's a yes. throwback. So, I think if you're Bayern Munich, though, you have to find a way to get past this, kind of like when your friend Goose was shot down. Um, <laughs> you have to find a way to get past it. Um, so good. Crazy enough. Saarbrücken is. I'm, okay, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not gonna go. You guys are loving the the air combat joke. 
<laughs> it's killing me. It's just killing me. Oh well, my God. Well, I'm sorry, Nico. No, no, no. You're trying to make a Starbrook. point. Starbrook in the 96 minute. Yeah, they, they got to the danger zone. <laughs> they took the highway to the danger zone, right. is what you said? I was going to be serious, but I am going to send it on over. What do combat zone? Oh, like, God. <laughs> Ali Trost Martin, who takes my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone got any Avatar movie deaths? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. How am I supposed to do this Save now? us, Ali. Save I us. can't. Okay, there's news, if we can get through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, Manchester United lost to Newcastle on Wednesday, wasn't bad enough. Manager Eric Ten Hag confirmed that Brazilian midfielder Casemiro suffered an injury in that match, which led to him subbing out at the half. Casemiro will now miss United's match against Fulham on Saturday after having just returned from an ankle injury that kept him out for three matches. In other injury news, another player sideline for Arsenal. Manager Mikel Arteta confirmed this morning that Emil Smith-Rowe is set to miss several weeks with a knee injury. Smith-Rowe missed Arsenal's Carabao Cup loss to West Ham after making his first start in a month in Ars- Arsenal's league win against Sheffield United. Arsenal did receive some good injury news, though, in the loss to West Ham with Martin Odegaard returning from injury. In the Netherlands, the Eredivisie has officially handed down punishment for the fan violence at Ajax's September match against Feyenoord. Fans threw flares and fireworks on the field at Johan Cruyff Arena, forcing the match to be abandoned as violent scenes also erupted outside the stadium. Ajax will now have part of their stadium closed for their next league match and have been hit with a fine as well. In England, Luis Diaz made his first public statement since the kidnapping of his mother and father last week in Colombia. The Liverpool star reposted a story on Instagram that encouraged the entire community, community of Barranca, Colombia, to come together and march in support of his father's freedom. Diaz's mother was rescued shortly after the kidnapping took place last week, but the whereabouts of his father remain unknown. Police on Wednesday announced an arrest in connection with the kidnapping. In MLS news, FC Dallas suffered a 2-0 playoff loss at Seattle on Monday and will now reportedly be without one of their best attacking players for the rest of the year as they get set to return home for Game 2 in the Round 1 Best of 3 series. According to a report by Argentinian outlet TYC, Alan Velasco is set for knee surgery after tearing knee ligaments in the playoff opener against Seattle on Monday. The 21-year-old went down injured just 18 minutes into Monday's match. He registered four goals and four assists for FC Dallas this season. Suze, Dallas was already not in a good spot uh, going into this next game against Seattle. This just makes it a little bit of a tougher hill for them to climb. What do they miss in Alan Velasco, and how does this affect their chances in this second game? Uh, Well, I'll be honest. I don't know know if I fancy Dallas' chances in a three-game series against Seattle anyway, uh, Mm -hmm. just based on the way Seattle have been playing, especially towards the end of the season. But we've talked a lot about how Dallas – relies so much on Jesus Ferreira and his production. Alan Velasco was meant to be like that that guy. He's a DP. I mean, this is an, a very important player. Four goals and, and four assists. teams talk about this he Dallas team. He has underperformed team. all season. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what's been so interesting, right? When we talk about this Dallas team, we talk about them as this three-headed or even four-headed monster as individuals. But collectively, they just have not been able Mm-mm. to find that. And then the individuals haven't had those moments as well. He he hasn't been good enough all season long. And I think What that- about ever since he came to Dallas? <sighs> you think overall he's been, he's gone completely under what he was no, expected yes, to, to I, do? I'm with Suze. Underperformed. 
He's had bits and highlights, but moments, overall, moments. it hasn't been consistent. Yeah. Agreed. And that's kind of been, I, I feel like that's sort of been Dallas's mojo all season is that like they they have these they have these really really high profile performers and guys who can have these have high production but they if they don't perform like there's nothing else and I I just I, they're not built they're not built to beat a Seattle in a three-game series no. like this is just I don't know there's there's a lot of work to be done I think for for FC Dallas I don't really fancy their chances so this is this is bad news for them obviously you don't you never want one of your your DPs to, to go down with a, a knee injury, but it's not like he was affecting their outcomes. You know, I, four goal, four goals. You speak the true truth. Four goals. Mm. I'm I don't. It's tough. I'd be more concerned about Jesus Ferreira not right. scoring go- right. goals. If it, you know what I mean? It, I don't know. That's my that's my take on FC. I'm sorry. I apologize, FC Dallas. But it, the little hope that they had, I think now dwindles um, just because FC Dallas at home, that's where they're, they've been at their best. But now against the Seattle side, that seems like they're coming into their own. This is when they come alive in the playoffs and they played the FC Dallas off the park. Yeah. Even though FC Dallas were given those two chances mm-hmm. with Jesus Ferrer who fluffed those two chances, mm-hmm. They were played off the park. Yep. And and I don't see this going to a third game. Yeah. You gotta scramble. You gotta scramble because now you're not gonna have Alan Velasco for next season. And what if Jesus Ferreira stays or goes? You gotta start thinking about that too. So for right now it's the next match. If they win that, it's even I don't think they have much of a shot, but if they do, I don't. Anything yeah, goes. I know then it's a single it's true, game elimination. The, the format, but this, these two teams, when they faced each other in historically in the playoffs, Seattle has has completely dominated. So I I don't know. This is not it's not happy days for Dallas, but I think you're right. I think they need to be looking ahead to next season One at this point. And what do you tore, do? Towards ACL, he's going to be 100%. out for the most of the, the at least the first half of the season. Yeah, no. So you're saying it's you're just absolutely a right. flyby. <laughs> okay. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm not gonna survive this Wow! All right, uh, we're gonna take another break. We're gonna chat uh, some more Carabao Cup when we return. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Morning Footy Carabao Cup round of 16 results. Let's check these out. We've got Liverpool. Look at that. 2-1 over Bournemouth. West Ham beat Arsenal 3-1. Chelsea get the 2-0 win over Blackburn. Everton 3-0 over Burnley. And uh, as of course, as we discussed, Newcastle 3-0 over Manchester United. Let's dive into some of these results. Let's ch- mm. chat about West Ham beating Arsenal. Yeah. Boys, what happened? Well, uh, we'll start with I think Ben White had a game to forget. Yeah, own goal. That was tough. But but West Ham, it was when, beautiful. When if he was wearing a West well, Ham shirt, though, I what, mean that was. Yeah, when West Ham plays well, they play beautiful football. The way that the Jared Bowen has has really taken his game to another level this season with West Ham. I mean, we started to see him come into form last year, but this year it feels like he's continued to improve. Ben White, he not only did he he get score an own goal there, but he also was at fault for some for some shambolic defending. Arteta said the loss was on him, and, and I like that from a manager. He, he chose the certain players to play in this game. They're at West Ham played inspired. They needed a game to get going because I think West Ham has had some stumbles as of late. But for Arsenal, 
not too not too much is made of this loss. It's they're going back in the locker room like, okay, yeah. we still got Champions League, we still got the Premier League, we still got FA Cup. It's it's one competition to kind of be done with. I mean, you still hate to see their uh, Arsenal's inability to take a B or a mixed B and C squad and make them as as much a unit as the A squad is. So I think to Arteta's management style, there's it, it's supposed to be plug and play. And when you see guys like Fabio Vieira come in and have moments where he's brilliant and then have moments like this match where he's almost absent, have, you know, not be able to find a, a at least a suitable replacement for an Odegaard, uh, you know, be missing some pieces and, not, and, and feel like the, the people who are next to step in can't reach even a, a close level to it, at least not together as an 11. Those are the things that I think draw me a little bit back from a loss like this, worry me a little bit. Uh, for Arsenal and for how they'll be able to get through a season where it's going to be tough. There's Champions League matches. I mean, not having this competition may help when you think about depth, but you look at things like Emil Smith-Rowe being injured again. It's just that depth is going to continue to be tested, and that's something that I don't think has been resolved at Arsenal. That was the question last year when they were balancing Europa League, when they were strong contenders mm-hmm. for the Europa League, and it's like... At one point, they're not going to be able to field an alternative team in the Europa League. It's going to get too difficult. So you're going to have to play your first team there, and you're going to have to play your first team in the Prem because there's not enough depth to compete. And lo but and behold... They were so focused on the, on the Prem. They slipped for sure. But uh, again, it goes to show you that over two competitions, and one in which they were the favorites, they didn't have enough depth. And I think that continues to be the question. Um, but those questions won't be answered until much further into the season mm-hmm. when Arsenal, again, are on the cusp. Can they make this push for the Prem? Depends how deep they are in Champions League also. Um, Ramsdale, Ramsdale we'll got the start in this Yeah, he and, did. And obviously not at, at fault for the goal that, where Ben White scores on his own goal, though. But you overall. Could, you could argue that a, a goalkeeper could, could maybe communicate, say, leave it or, or you know, push him out of the way to, to collect that ball. Especially as vocal as Ramsdale is. Yes. Sure. And, and then on the deflection goal. Not his fault either, but. Uh, it came, it, not his fault, but it came right at him. Yeah. And as a keeper. He got a hand to it. He, he, exactly. And you should have been able to stop that. You exactly. Been able to and that's that away. my point. Uh, uh, he, I think it showed how low his confidence is mm. at the moment. So, it, okay. That is it, is it a confidence issue? Because Confidence now, and sharpness, yes. Sharpness for sure. I think that was evident. But when you look at that, now the fact that you know, Arteta is talking about wanting to be able to... He said he was a coward last season. It's literally at him. Yeah. It's literally at him. It's a slight deflection, but it's at him. You're a keeper. This is all you do in training is work on these deflected passes and shots and and see how you react. And he bats it down into his own goal. So for me, that, that, that just shows a keeper who is lacking confidence and sharpness because it, 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 they go hand in hand. And Ramsdale was the starting keeper in a team that finished second in the Premier League who pushed Man City all the way to the brink. And but remember Arteta said, sniff. Arteta last season said last season he felt like a coward because he didn't sub uh, the, the goalkeeper in, in one moment. He never revealed that one moment that was. Yeah, and Matt Turner was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I, I also think you're a coward, dude. Uh, but he's like, yeah, agree, dude. Uh, but when you look at that and now what he's trying to do and, and trying to feel like there should be competition at every position, especially in goalkeeper, playing with Rye instead of Ramsdale, putting Ramsdale in, in, in other competitions, do you think that's hurt both of them, both, both Raya and Ramsdale? Yes, I do. Uh, it's one uh, – goalkeepers are different than field players. Field players, especially, let's say, a striker – 
you're, you're the top guy, and they bring in another striker. You know in the back of your mind, if you don't score, you're off. Mm. And that's part of the job. You gotta score, you gotta produce, you gotta create. Some, some players, like a Wayne Rooney, for instance, he went, I remember with Sir Alex Ferguson, there was about a, a stretch of 10 games without a goal. Guess who was still starting up top every game? Because you know they're difference makers and they still add value even if they're not scoring. For a keeper, typically, when you're the one at the start of the season, you're the one. There's, there's no second chance and for, for a backup. going to die on that hill with David Raya because that was his decision at the end of the day. He brought mm -hmm. him in. He sees something in David Raya, and it but, would but be an admission of your own mistake if you, if you move it right. It puts more pressure on David Raya to perform, given how English football is. An English, an English goalkeeper is out. You bring in David Raya, and now the pressure on David Raya Seems to perform has a, happened. A perfect example, Alisson. Mm. When he was starting at Liverpool, do you remember how many mistakes he made with yeah. playing out of yeah. the back with his feet? Yeah. Countless. But was there ever a doubt no. that he was coming off? No. Never. And Klopp, would, he was very vocal in saying, this is our keeper. Ederson, you know? and same gave him, thing. Yeah, gave him that vote of confidence. Uh, th those, those, at yeah. the start for these keepers, when you're playing with your feet, expect them to make mistakes. And there's not a worry of, oh, I got to look over my shoulder. Now you're looking at Arsenal. You're expected to play out of the ball with, with uh, out of the back with your feet, but if they make a mistake, now they're like, "Oh, I'm going to be subbed off," and you can see it in the way that they yeah. play. Yeah. It's tough, especially when the guy on the bench is like, "He was great for us last season. Put him well, in." Mm. Hey, Liverpool, you guys always do this when there's like a really good Liverpool you highlight. Good. You never, yeah. you, you never. Let, I just, can I just want to see Darwin Nunez's goal. His, okay? be his beautiful first can touch. We, can we? Can we? <laughs> How do you feel about these? Kids, he set it up. I he don't set it like up these soon. Kids. <laughs> he wanted a he wanted a highlight. Do you know what's amazing? <gasps> That's a golazo. <laughs> so Guess good. what? Top ten? But you, golazo, it's in the top three. Do you know three. what is wild to me about Darwin Nunez though? Like he can score a goal like that, but then he literally has a sitter yeah. in front of the net where he does all the hard work and hits the post. Like you know it's, it's it's remarkable. But that is that is a beautiful, sublime. Goal and for and he has been scoring goals in every single game and that is a really really good sign. I, I think we are starting to see his Darwin Nunez unleashed. His this comfortability is, is it's evident now. No, but the, the thing about a player like Darwin Nunez is, if he misses those chances that you talk about the fluffed in front of goal, but scores something like that, you have seen how good he can be. It's when it all clicks, he's going to be super dangerous and one of those players that. You, you expect to see a goal from him every single match in the mm -hmm. Premier League because he's physically gifted, he can score in the box headers, but also now you're seeing 1v1 dribbling outside the box and bending it top yeah. ends. He could be a top, top striker Killer. as long as he, once he puts it all together. <sighs> Exciting times. He scored four goals in his last five games for club and country. So it's a good, it's a good sign for Liverpool. I'm you, feeling good. Nico is hating on him. Feeling oh, good. <laughs> Me? Before we go to break, the draw for the quarterfinal was last night. Here are the matchups that we have to look forward to. Liverpool-West Ham, that's going to be fun. Chelsea-Newcastle. Bring it on. These games uh, will be on ESPN Plus later in December. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We're going to chat uh, some MLS Cup playoffs when we return. Stay with us, everyone.